The Florida Football Insiders Podcast is presented by Beef O'Brady's here in Tampa, located at the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue, as well as Home Slice Pizza Company and Hank's Barbecue. Enjoy the podcast. A look at college football news, analysis, and insight from around the Sunshine State. This is Florida Football Insiders, a part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. And here's your host, Jason Powers. Welcome into our Thanksgiving edition of the Florida Football Insiders Podcast, part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Hope everybody has a great, has having a great Thanksgiving week. If you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. If you're catching us after Thanksgiving, hope you had a great time with some relatives and had a, a good meal and all that good stuff. And for all of you, those that are that were having to work on Thanksgiving, thanks for all you're doing for us, helping uh, prepare meals and such to allow others to enjoy the holiday. So again, thanks. A bunch for doing that. Got a good episode for you this week. We are going to talk to Coach Jim Levitt again, coaching the kicker segment. We're going to talk about the college football playoff rankings. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Michigan 3, TCU 4, LSU 5. Interesting nugget that LSU stayed ahead of USC. So the committee is kind of telling you that if LSU runs the table, they're going to make it. Uh, in front of a, a one-loss USC team who still has Notre Dame in the Pac-12 title game. So I think you're going to – interesting nugget there that they did keep LSU – two-loss LSU in front of USC. Um, and, again, we're going to talk to lots of different things with Coach Levitt, rivalry weeks all over the country. We're going to talk Thanksgiving practice schedules, how did Coach handle Thanksgiving weeks with his players and such. We're going to talk uh, coaching coaching moves. There's going to be lots of coaching moves here uh, coming up in the next several days following uh, this weekend's games. There will be some coaching firings and some hirings here pretty quick for some schools around the country and here in the state of Florida. We have a vacancy at USF with Coach uh, Jeff Scott being let go. Uh, Coach or Michael Kelly, the AD at USF, has indicated he wants to have a hire in place pretty quick. So I would expect USF to make a coaching hire next week. Some speculation about Deion Sanders potentially interest in the job at USF. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but again, lots to talk about with Coach Levitt. We're also going to talk to the new play-by-play voice of the Florida State Seminoles, Jeff, Jeff Coolhane. Jeff took over for Gene Deckerhoff, who retired from his Florida State duties. Uh, this past offseason, and Jeff's in his first year in Tallahassee, came to Tallahassee from North Dakota State. So we're going to talk to Jeff about the Seminoles and kind of his journey to how he got to Tallahassee to be the new voice of the Seminoles. So again, a good episode for you. Again, reach out to us on Twitter at JPO Sports, JPO Sports. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform where you found us at. We appreciate you finding us. Uh, tell a friend, hit subscribe if you want to do a, a rate and review of the podcast. We'd appreciate that too. Trying to do good work. We've only got a couple more podcasts left for you. We will do. We will go through week. Uh, we will go through the championship weeks, and then we'll do a little playoff preview as well. And we'll probably even do a bowl a bowl uh, special as well with Coach Levitt. So, a couple more weeks of the Florida Football Insiders podcast. Again, if you're looking for 
great content from all over the country. The College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network is the place to go from the Pac-12. You can get USC talk with Get Off My Palo, Matt Zemek. Big 12 talk with TCU and company with Tyler Jones. You, we've got uh, Mark Ennis. We've got myself talking the Flo- state of Florida. Patrick Netherton talking some uh, some Louisiana uh, football, LSU involved. And we've got Steve Carney and his crew talking some uh, uh, service academies with Army, Navy, and, and Air Force Academy. Obviously, we've got the big Army-Navy game coming up here in a couple weeks as well. Heisman Trophy uh, selection uh, as far as the final playoff selection. So it's lots of news to cover here still with the college football season in these waning weeks of November going into December. So enjoy the podcast with Coach Jim Levitt and the new voice of the Florida State Seminoles, Jeff Coolhane. Hey, guys and girls, with the college football season getting to the holidays here in November and December, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely. Go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have on our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and here in the Florida Football Insiders Podcast, as well as the Powers on Sports Podcast. You'll receive 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Put $100 in, you'll get an additional $125 to play with. $200, you'll get $250 to play with, and so on and so forth. BetUS also has all the NFL, World Cup, NHL, NBA, and even college basketball that's about to tip off here in the holiday season, as well as almost any other sport you can think of. But we all know you are college football fans at heart, as well as NFL fans, and we want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at BetUS.com, and remember our 125% matching bonus for all initial signups with our code COAST. 22. Bet US, you bet, you win, and you get paid. College football fans, we know that the season is winding down. Bowl games are in the near future, as well as the college football playoff. And we know you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices. Take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. Ticket Smarter is partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner with the best selection of college football tickets. Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with Ticket Smarter's mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. In addition, we've got an additional offer for you for those of you that are listening as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network and the Florida Football Insiders Podcast. Take 5% off of your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22 for 5% off of your order of $100 or more, and that code isn't just for a one-time use. You can use it as many times as you'd like during the college football season to see the biggest games left to be played. Check out the selections, pricing now with Ticket Smarter, and remember our code GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, ticket smarter. All right, welcome back to the Coach and the Kicker segment. We are at the Thanksgiving week edition. God, it's crazy to think we were always back in August, not too long ago. We are already at Thanksgiving, and 
week thir- we are in week uh yeah 13 of the college football season want to welcome back coach Jim Levitt hey coach how we doing yeah it's going fast of course as we all know life goes pretty fast I always used to tell a player's life is but a vapor it goes so fast so enjoy every moment and maximize every opportunity in life right absolutely oh, Absolutely. I want to ask you one thing about last week. I know we didn't we didn't really talk about last week. Were, have you ever been involved in a situation where you had a a, a player tragically pass away, like the at the at the Virginia situation that's going on? Yes, uh, a number of times. You know, because remember I was, you know, I was at South Florida for a number of years, and um, you know, we had uh, different situations happened. Um, Four different times. Wow. You know, I had a young man named Pint that was riding his moped down in Miami. Uh, Patrick Pate, I mean, unbelievable man, and was killed on a moped accident and flew down to see him before he passed. We had a young man that passed away in our weight room. Uh, and I was out recruiting in West Palm Beach and driving back. I drove back and I was you know, so broken up, I, I went out of my way by an hour, flew up and saw his mom in Tallahassee and Keeley Dorsey and yeah. Ed Will Bleakley. Remember the players that were passed away, the two Buccaneer players and out in the cold waters in the right. boating accident? Right. Had that happen and had a, a young man that uh, after he left me was in, um, uh, hurt himself real bad in arena football. Uh, and uh, Javen Cayman. So it's, uh, I've been there, is, it's, it's horrific. There is nothing that's, that uh, you just don't get through those things, you know? And um, that's the part of the job that people don't realize that you guys as coaches, you have such deep relationships with these players. Even if the guys, not, even if every every kid you coach is not a star player, they're not. But they're just personal relationships you have, and you've recruited them. You know their families. That's the part I think a lot of just fans don't forget a little bit is that how close you guys, you coaches, get with every one of your players. If you don't care about your players, why are you coaching? Right. I, I mean, to me, I never did it because of the money, but my. My first job was $12,000 University of Dubuque. You think I did it for the money? And then after six years, I went to Morningside for $20,000. I took the head job at South Florida for $75,000. That wasn't even what I was making at Kansas State. Wow. It wasn't about the money. It's about the passion for what you do and the love of, your, of young people and the, your players. You, sure. You, nothing like it, those relationships. And, uh, I, you know, I, I saw that with a – Virginia players and I, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really difficult and there's not a lot to say to people, you know, you just, you just try to get through it the best you can, you know, and it unites a whole university. It's not just the football, the athletic department, it's the whole universe. So these kids, new kids all over campus and the different social things they're involved with and fraternities and things like that, that it's just not just a football team deal. It's a whole university deal. Oh, that's right. You know, I mean, these are student athletes and, uh, you know, they obviously they're, like you said, they touch a lot of lives and just the impact and influence of it all, you know, and it doesn't have to be just football. You know, you look what happened to Virginia Tech. It was right. a student. Columbine, you know, places like school. Yep. 
that affects everybody in our in our world. And you just, you know, these things happen and you just, you know, nobody will understand why, you know, people do what they do. Uh, and we, we, we don't live in a perfect world and we have, people have um, a nature that's, you know, that uh, I don't know, I don't understand, you know, um, you know, and I just thank the Lord every day for another day. And, and uh, that's the most important, you know, to me. All right. Let's talk about some happier, happier times. It's right. Thanksgiving week. What's, what's coaches, what's coaches favorite Thanksgiving dish as part of the Thanksgiving meal? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tell you, and I usually try to not eat very much. Well, you know, this is the thing. Every year I've been coaching. It's always a, and we always used to have the players over for Thanksgiving meal, had all of it, the turkey, the whole deal, you know, all the dressings and, and uh, all of it. And the mashed potatoes always in the gravy and you know, the beans, the baked, uh, the baked beans and green beans. And um, I mean, I go on, on. It's, it, there's so much, but this is one of the first years that I haven't yeah. been in that situation. So it's a little bit strange, you know, but usually, you know, you have all, if, if people like it, you know, you have families, if they're close, they can bring their families in, the players. Okay. That was always a tradition. Usually had a really short practice on like that day, that morning, you know, maybe an hour practice. So you could have that big Thanksgiving meal and then you let them go. So, you know, the preparation for the game also, you want to make sure you really had it down and done before Thanksgiving day, because after that, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're not going to have their attention on that day. You know, you'll have a light practice. Don't do too many things. Do just right. some of the key things you need to do. But uh, I kind of got away from the food. I liked it all. <laughs> so it, interestingly about that, I want to know, you know, when, you know, a lot of the, a lot of college football games are on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, when you have to maybe travel, things like that. How did you handle that whole week knowing that you want to have a festive meal but again, you might have a game on a Friday where you don't want the guys to just kill themselves on Thursday eating so much. How do you handle some of that kind of stuff? Well, or you're flying on Friday, you know, to another game. But I mean, if you have a game on Friday, that is different than traveling. I, you know, I don't, I might be wrong in this, but I don't think I ever, it's a lot of years, but I don't think I ever had a game on Friday where we had the Thanksgiving on Thursday. And I, I don't think I ever was in that situation. Interesting. Like, like, like Florida, Florida State's playing on right, Friday. Right. And Mississippi played Mississippi State. I think yeah, they Friday. usually have the Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl is usually on that fray up. Yep. You know, I mean, I don't – I imagine if I was doing it, it just it had to be my pregame meal. <laughs> I mean, my, my meal before – not the pregame meal, but it would be the meal – it would be a great meal before right. the – and then, uh, you know, I probably – what I do is have that morning practice and have my meetings right after the morning practice. And that would suffice. Yep. Uh, you know, before the, you know, especially if you have a game at one the next day, you know, I'd probably have my meetings. I'd tell my staff to have the meetings right after practice and get that done. Tell them to have that meal. And, uh, you know, I might bring it back, you know, after that, just for 30 minutes or whatever, but I would make sure that was extended time that the guys weren't going to feel rushed and had a good meal, you right. know, and then play. Yeah. All right. From a coaching perspective, a week like this, you're at the end of the regular season, it's a holiday week. How does your preparation change when you're a team that's in contention 
versus a team that maybe isn't. You know, if you're playing for a conference championship this week or you're are you still doing the full grind of this week, knowing it's a holiday week with your coaches and your players relative to if you know maybe, hey, we're not in, we're not in contention this year. Maybe it's a little bit of a slower week, a little bit less, not a, still the same preparation, but not as much of a grind as you might be if you know you're in the mix for a conference title. Don't change for me. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to work for me on a staff because I care about our players. Okay. And and our staff's going to grind. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to do all we can. It's the last game they may play that whole year. Right. Or their their careers, their life might be the last game they ever play in their life. Right. And your seniors, you know, why would you take away from them? To me, you probably work harder. You know, you, you, you just have to manage your time. It has to be quality. But our staff's going to work as hard as we ever have uh, because after that, you don't play for a whole another year. Right. The games are a whole lot more fun than all the recruiting and all the, all the other stuff you do. I mean, you, you prepare so hard for those games. Why wouldn't you maximize every one of them, whether you're in a, for the conference race or not? You know, like South Florida – you know, they're not going to a bowl game. They're not going to, they're not in a conference race, but they're playing UCF. Right. The rival. I mean, that's, that's to me, that's their bowl game. And I'm sure they'll talk about it like that. And every one of those players needs to strain so hard and give everything they've got. And they know darn well, it's not about talent. They almost beat Florida. They almost went all the way to Cincinnati and beat them. Yeah. And they can be, they can be UCF. Right. They just have to bring it together and play as hard as they possibly can for each other and play for the seniors. And there's their last home game and lay it on the line every, every, every second and strain. They can, they can beat them. It's one game. They can do it. Protect the football, great kicking game, and play some defense. And they, they were very, yeah, they were very so competitive that's, so that's against Tulsa. Yeah, they were very comp- – I mean, they, they lose 48-42 to Tulsa. Uh, may have found a quarterback, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But, uh, you know, on getting onto the field, the state of Florida did not have a good week. We had a lot of a lot of losses. The only winner was was uh, was Florida State. They played their uh, out-of-conference game, but we had a couple upsets. You had Florida get beat by Vanderbilt. What a st- great story out of Vanderbilt. They played really right. above expectations this year talk a little bit about Clark Lee I don't know if you know him at all but the job they've he's he's doing at Vanderbilt they've won two conference games haven't won a conference game in quite some time pull an upset have been competitive in other games talk about just talk about the 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 rise of a program that's gone from the bottom to now they're at least competitive well 15 or 16 days ago they might have been talking about letting him go (laughs) and all of a sudden now he's won two games and all of a sudden now he's top of the top of the mountains so things change you know and uh, you know that's what i've been a part of my whole life is uh, building programs uh if you look at the kansas state even when i went to the 49ers they hadn't been a playoff forever you know we we end up going to playoffs uh you know those three years four right. years or three years three out of four uh everywhere i've been even dubuque or morningside uh you know you look at south florida starting a program with an abandoned trailer <laughs> i mean you know and then uh, you know, I mean, everywhere I've gone, it's kind of been like that. Now, Oregon wasn't so much, but they had a bad year before then. Colorado was awful. They ended up winning season in 15 years. Right. Ended up winning 10 and, and, and do it. So, th- so those are, for Vanderbilt, those are exciting. Those are, it's, it's a, and you could tell those players are playing with confidence. And 
uh, and they've done a great job pulling it all together. You know, the honeymoon over at Florida, Gainesville, that's for sure. You know, it, they're not going to be happy about 500 seasons. Right. You know, and the same with Miami. You know, those two places. Uh, and now Florida State lost three in a row, but now they're winning. So now Florida State is winning when they're supposed to win. Yep. Miami and Florida aren't. So you don't think this is a big game, Florida State, Florida, yeah. certainly. Right. And, uh, but you know, you, you're in the state of Florida for goodness sakes. How can you not win? You know, uh, if you, if you, you know, recruiting, you got to do it. Sure. You got to do it forever. Not, yeah. it's not, it's not six out of seven days during the week. It's seven out of seven days. Always. You, you, that's the one thing about the difference between college and pro. You know, I had to recruit the pros. You draft a guy, they're yours. Right. Whether they want to be there or not. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, Florida goes to, I mean, I mean, Miami goes to Clemson, gets, gets, gets beat pretty good. The, the most discouraging part of that game, hundred yards of offense in the game, a hundred yards of offense, just all unacceptable. You know, it's like, kind of like the jets yesterday. If you watch the NFL, the jets and the Patriots, the jets had two yards of offense in the second half against the Patriots and the jets are a winning team, a six and three team. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you get out of that funk as a coach? I mean, it's not just the play call. It's a combination of the play calling and the production, but how do you get that? How do you get that out of you? Well, you're evaluating all the time. Obviously Miami's, you know, I don't think they have a chance in a bowl or anything like that. Maybe they do. Um, but you got to evaluate all your coaches. You got to evaluate your staff, your strength staff, your academic coordinator, your, your sports medicine, uh, whoever touches those players. And then certainly the players themselves, you got to recruit, you got to get players that are going to play hard and right. you got talent, you know, you can't, you got to have talented players, you know, it's, you know, it's, and the coaches got to know that, Hey, recruit very hard because you don't want to be caught in the middle of a season saying, I wish I would have recruited harder or tried harder to get players. Right. That's why you got to be careful about all your schools doing all the cheating. But, you know, a lot of them don't need to anymore with this NIL. You just give them a $1,000 deal and, right. you know, they're, you're not doing that. But you got to evaluate everything. You know, you got to keep grinding. You can't listen to social media. You, 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 you know, you know what you need to do. You know, I always felt like I knew where I needed to go. Uh, felt like I, you know, had a direction. I just had to get there. You know, and getting there is always, you know, the part of the thing that takes some time. And you got to surround yourself with people that are, have the same vision you have. If you don't, you're, 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 you're kidding yourself. You got coaches on your staff. You got people in, in the athletic department that are not, uh, you know, 100% with you. Then that's difficult. And that's usually the, that's usually the biggest problem. You know, egos and human nature and people going different directions. And you got to make sure, and when you're with your staff, you got to make sure you deliver that to them. And you're open and honest with your staff saying, talking to them like that, you know. Uh, and if you find somebody that's not, you got to end the relationship. You got to move on. You're not going to win. And in this day and age, you better win, you know. Nobody cares about going close. Nobody thinks about South Florida being real close to Florida or Cincinnati. Right. Lost. Right. And, and, and Jeff knew that too, you know. Jeff's a good man. And you know, I know he gave everything he had. Uh, yep. You got to win. All right, FAU, FIU both go down. FAU gets beat at Middle Tennessee. FIU loses at UTEP. Kind of a surprising 
Middle Tennessee game, I thought we that game would be a little more competitive than it was. Middle Tennessee beat them pretty good, it looked like, at the final score. Um, you know, South Florida, they found – you know, they, they've started the third-string quarterback. Where's this kid been all year? He completes his first 21 passes of the game against Tulsa, goes 21 to 25, I think, for three touchdowns and, like, 280 yards. How does a guy like that not get reps earlier in the year, and how do you not identify that this guy could potentially be a player for you? And he does so well. And I know it's only one game. I get it. But the guy had a really good first game as a, as a, as a starting player. You know, you don't know. You know, the, the starting quarterback team for South Florida seemed like he was the one that should have been there. Uh, Marsh and the other one, I guess, I you know, obviously I'm not involved in their program, so I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, also Tulsa's not very good. Okay. You know, not going to go to a bowl game. Their defense is not very good. And they rush three guys a lot, give them a lot of time. Uh, now it was on the road and it was cold weather you know, and cold, yeah. you know, so, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, they, it was tied at halftime. Like, was that close at halftime or not? I, I, I think, think it was, was, yeah, it was, it was, it's tight game. The whole game, I mean, tight game. That's right. I think it was 40 something, 40 something. It's just a 48, 42 final, 48, 42 final. And we all know what the, the, the major problem is. It's not, it's not a secret. They're not playing defense. Right. That's the first thing you got to do. You know, you got to make sure you get that done. Uh, and uh, no matter what, uh, FAU, it was 47 degrees up Middle Tennessee. I was worried about FAU because I'd been there one year and because they had UAB, Middle Tennessee, and West Kentucky. And I needed to win two of those three to, to go home. to bowl. Right. And I was worried about UAB, but they got UAB. Right. And they got them at home. Right. And then now I knew Middle Tennessee. Remember, they, they beat the dog out of Miami. They did. They were at home, last home game. They absolutely took it to FAU. Yep. Now, West Kentucky is a good football team, you know? Played Auburn tough but, over the weekend. They were at Auburn last weekend, played them right. pretty good for a half, and ended up losing, but, I mean, played Auburn pretty well. Well, and now the good thing is FAU's got them at home. So yes. I know it's going to be a close game. And somehow FAU needs to find a way to win it. And uh, or it's or it's two losing seasons in a row. Right. You think about it, Willie's been there for his third year. When I was with him, it was COVID, and that was tough, really right. tough. But we had a winning season. Went to a bowl game, lost our bowl game, but at least went to a bowl game. Yeah, yeah. I remember Lane Kiffin won the conference two right. out of three years prior to that. Now I left there, went to SMU. You know, the last two years, if he has two losing seasons in a row, that's not the trajectory that you want to go on and right. FAU's beautiful it's a beautiful place they really got facilities they have nicer facilities than what we had at SMU they're nice right. um so that'll be interesting FIU I'm surprised FIU beat anybody really uh you know so it is what it is for them they got hammered yep uh and then uh you know Florida like we talked about you know just you know, Vanderbilt, give them credit. You this know, is going to be – obviously, the Florida-Florida State-USF-UCF game are huge rivalry games. You've been yeah. involved in the, You've been involved in those your whole life at different places. <laughs> Every school has a rival. Easy to get them coached up that week. It'll be a little easier than other weeks when it's – you know it's your, your pitted rival, especially in-state rival where these kids know each other. They probably play in high school to football together. A lot of these kids, a lot of the coaches know each other, obviously. Just talk about the rivalry rivalry week of an in-state heated rival like Florida, Florida State, UCF, USF. Well, you know, for us, when I was at South Florida, we 
you know, Central Florida started their program 23 years before we did. And they reached out to want to play us right away, but I didn't want to play them right away because we were good enough. And I wanted to make sure that we were ready when we played them. And then Leroy Selman and I, he, you know, he kept talking to me. I said, no, Leroy, not yet. And then I said, let's make this a million-dollar game because we needed money anyway. I said, let's keep holding it off till somebody, you know, till we get it on TV or something to make it a big, big deal, not, yep. not some random game. And uh, I finally went to Leroy's office. This is exactly what happened. I said, Leroy, you're ready to play him. Tired <laughs> of hearing all this. I said, but I want to play him next year. I want to make sure we play him at home, our first game. And then we'll go there and then so forth. Well, I had, um, I had a really good quarterback. And that was the reason <laughs> I uh, decided to play him. Yeah. And the first time we play them at home, we, we got them. And then uh, we went to their place and we were beating them pretty good. And we almost tried to give it away with our, our we had a punter in the end zone from Bulgaria and he, he wasn't used to using his hands. We worked at practice, had a good leg, dropped the ball in the end zone. We had the game one. Wow. He comes off sideline and goes, Coach, what's the big deal? I just dropped the ball. I said, big deal. They just got a touchdown. <laughs> and we end up winning that game. And then, you know, everybody knows about the 64 to 12 game, you know, game we won. And the four time at their place was a great game. And it was overtime. And we won by like three or four inches in a great game. So we ended up winning those four games. Uh, but they were such, they were so tough to play. And, they're always a good team. It's always it was always we 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 got excited about it. We we kind of you know did that in house, um, and then it was interesting. Like I said, I was at SMU. We played Central Florida, and we had lost to Houston, and we ended up playing pretty well, beating them. So it's, uh, I've had I've had some games against UCF uh, over the years, and uh, uh, anyway, but Florida Florida State, I've been to that game. What a great one, and I think it's going to be a great one this year. Yep. Uh, up in Tallahassee. Yep. Uh, you don't, right. You don't have to get guys ready. It's just like when we played Florida state or we played, uh, you know, we, we played 12 teams in the state uh, in the state of Florida. When I was at South Florida, we were fortunate. We were 11 and one wow. lost one to Miami, but we beat Florida state. We beat them um, central Florida four times. And we beat FAU a couple of times and FIU a couple of times, but FIU had us beat, should have beat us one time. And they, they could, they could have gotten on a knee in one. So we were just fortunate. But my point is this. The players will get they'll get excited yeah. on both teams because you're right. Florida players playing against Florida players, they're going to play hard. You, you, you almost have to just kind of don't Damn get up too early in the week. Right. You know, stay focused, have a good plan, and let them loose. Let them That's go. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, last thing we'll, we'll talk about the state of Florida, then we'll get some national stuff. UCF loses the Navy. Talk about the challenges of playing the, the service academies. They play such a different style of football than the, you're used to seeing all year with the, typically the, the option game, that kind of stuff, as opposed to the spread. Just talk about that challenge and, and, and bad loss. I mean, I hate to say it, it's a bad loss for UCF in a, in a, in a, in a must-win kind of game for them. We, we talked about last week. I said it was going to be a close game, and I didn't know if they could win or not. I thought the fact that Central Florida had them at home right, and it was going to go on the grass, I thought would give them the edge. 
but it does not surprise me that Navy won that game 20 to 17, I believe. Yeah. And uh, there, it's the preparation for those teams is so, so difficult because you don't see them. You need to do it in the spring. Right. You got to look at your schedule way ahead of time and you've got to carve out three or four days in your spring practice to focus on Navy. And I'm sure Central Florida did it. I, I'm not sure if they did it or not, but it's really important that you put your game plan together for right. them back in the spring. You are not going to have enough time in one week unless your players have got to understand the plan. They got to understand the difference. And you have to start on that. Like if you played on Saturday, you start Saturday night with talking to players and texting them and about on defense, especially. Yes. Now it sounds like your defense played decent. Um, but score. I want to tell you what great win scored. Yeah. That's that is such a challenge playing that type of option, that discipline, that discipline scheme that you have to play on defense against that option. You, you know, I know you've probably played the Air Force Academy and Army and Navy over the years. Just such a challenging uh, uh, discipline. And the game goes so fast, too. Before you know it, they're on these 8, 10, 12-minute drives that, that your defense is on the field for 15 plays in a row. Yeah, we, we, I was at SMU last year. We played Navy and uh, at Navy and beat them. And we played well, but boy, I was concerned, really concerned. You know, we, we you got to stop the dive. So number one thing, you better stop the dive, force everything to the perimeter, and hope they make some mistakes too. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then you've got to have speed. You know, it's just like a spread offense with wide receivers on the sidelines. I don't look at it any different. You got to have great speed when you and you get, put your guys in positions that can that can really run, right. and are going to you have to tackle well and you know, hopefully get a takeaway, uh, you know. Uh, but we played, when I was at South Florida, we played at Army and beat them. That was our first, uh, that was when it was going to be game day. Wow. At Army. Wow. Uh, people probably don't remember the story. It, game day was at Army that year. They yeah. had incredible lightning and storms. So they had a, they had a move. They couldn't stay. <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> stay there. And uh, we ended up winning that game. And But they weren't running the option then. And, uh, and then Bobby Ross came in on a homecoming and beat us when he was at, uh, uh, army army. And that was one of the worst losses I ever, <laughs> uh, I, I, I didn't, I, I took that one hard and they were just better. They were tougher than we were physically yeah. tougher. And that's not normally the case with teams that I've been involved with. All right. You listen to the coach in the kicker segment with coach Jim Levitt. We've been talking about the state of Florida. Now let's get to the national scene. This was a wild weekend. We didn't think this was going to be a very, uh, competitive weekend, but it was a survive and advance kind of weekend out of the guys in the top five. Georgia in a tough game at Kentucky. Ohio State in a tough game at Maryland. Michigan has to kick a game-winning field goal at the gun at home to beat Illinois. And TCU kicks a game winner, an improbable win in Waco to beat Bale. Let's get to TCU first. Talk I'm, about I'm, the last – go ahead. I was with Sonny Dykes last year. Yep. And he said after the game that they practiced that, where they practiced the guys running on the field goal time, and that is true. Every week we practice that defense. The defense is out there, but the offense running out there yep. with very little bit of time. And um, I mean, incredible game management by yep. both. I watched that when I watched Michigan because you know I coached for Harbaugh and I coached yep. for Dykes, and both of them did a phenomenal job. With time management, uh, getting it done, both kickers, give them all the credit in the world. Special teams, yep. Oh, my gosh. It was incredible. 
you know, I really watched that uh, the TCU game because I wanted to see how Baylor, if they were going to do a good job pushing. Because when you have that happen, sometimes your defensive players don't get set yes. and push like they need to push to get their hands up and strain to try to block that kick. But if you look at the Baylor game, the problem was quarterback booted to his left and he ended up running it on third down. He had a tight end wide open. Of course, he had to turn his shoulders back when you're writing at a quarterback. That's hard. Right. But he had the guy wide open, but he chose to run it. And I just, you know, they ran the ball in the first two plays. And I know they're going to kick themselves thinking they're a little bit too conservative because you do not want to give TCU the ball back. Right. And even on fourth down, I wondered if, uh, you know, uh, Coach Aranda was going to go, go for it. Yeah. Right. It was, I mean, TCU's so explosive offensively. Yep. You know, and you got to give TCU's defense credit the last few games. They haven't been great, but they've done enough. And, and then and Michigan. And, yeah, the know, Michigan was just the same. I mean, a tight game. You know, that the thing about these championship level teams, there's going to be one or two weeks a year when you got to survive in advance a game like this. We won a bunch from like this in South Florida when they had the Grammaticus. Yep. Why? Martin, I had him at Kansas State, but you don't think I, I, when they had that great kicker at Florida State, you don't think I was talking to Bill probably illegally about coming to South Florida because <laughs> I'm Sebastian. And I knew I, the family really well, so I wanted to get Bill to transfer, and he did. And I'll promise you, Bill won two or three games for us like that. Yep. And then that little one, Santiago, yeah, I, I, he kicked some big-time game winners uh, at East Carolina. Right, that might have been Bill, but Santiago did also. I mean, those kickers, I was very fortunate. I had really, really good kickers. My Tom Bonani, when we yeah. beat Kansas, yeah. they were ranked like 17th or 18th in the country yeah. in Raymond James, and the ball curved in. It was an unbelievable moment. <laughs> uh, so I I was fortunate. I had some really good kickers, and um, but especially teams, it's a big deal. Winning teams make winning plays at the winning moments. That's where, you know, that's why TCU separate themselves and these, these teams separate themselves from others because when the, when you need to be your best at the biggest moments, these teams have executed, Michigan and TCU, especially over the weekend. Will it to happen. <laughs> right. And you, you got to practice it. You can tell you they practiced it. The, the, your players know we're going to find a way and have that kind of confidence. Yeah. You know, because I know Bielema, I, in fact, it was funny. I was coaching at Iowa when Bielema came as a walk-off. Okay. Our Bielema all the time. Do things right. All that. <laughs> and he a great, great, doing a great job coaching. And what a great job he's done at Illinois. Yep. And, uh, boy, he was – you can tell those coaches compete now. They want to win. Oh, yeah. Win in the worst way. And uh, you, you got to be that way. You, you have, have to. build a program. You got to be that way. Yep. All right, let's go to the kind of the upset of the week. Columbia, South Carolina, Tennessee rolls in there. We all think Tennessee is going to go in there and smash, smash South Carolina, and they get 56 put on them like nobody's business. I mean, just a devastating performance by Tennessee, a very poor. And even on top of that, the hooker kid blows his knee out, hurts his, you know, see his season's over. Obviously, Tennessee lost the game. They're not going to the playoff. But how surprising were, were you just to see that Tennessee got manhandled as bad as they did well i i don't know if i would expect them to get beat i think they south carolina got 60 or whatever i don't i didn't expect that but i didn't it didn't surprise me south carolina won you know we took a a, a decent south florida team up there and played lou holtz when right. he was 
South Carolina. And uh, that environment, it ain't easy. You know, it's tough. And night we game, played and at night too, especially at night. It was a night game that we played, and we played we played hard, but they're just they were just too good. We weren't ready for that at that time. Uh, and the environment was crazy. So it didn't surprise me. You know, they've got good players now. You know, South Carolina's done that a few times this year. Yep. Beat some teams that nobody thought they'd win. Yep. And 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 you know, before the quarterback went out for Tennessee, South Carolina was beating them. You they know, were manhandling them. Yep. They were anyway. So I mean one that you know, it's kind of my point is this the South Carolina, you know, won that game regardless and uh what what you know any given any given game any given time that's why i'm saying south florida they can get after ucf they can they, you know you gotta play some defense you gotta get some takeaways you gotta get some turnovers and you gotta make sure your kicking game is is not good but great good gets your beat you gotta be great and you gotta help out that you know the if the defense is gonna bend a little bit it's fine you gotta make. We gotta. You gotta get some takeaways. You gotta tell your team that you gotta get them. You gotta tell them going in. Hey, we we can beat this team. We've got to get at least three takeaways in this game to win. We do that. Offense, control the ball, move the chains, especially teams, and you'll win. And um, they can. So we'll see what happens. All right. Let's talk about the showdown that I know you have a have a have a relationship with up in Columbus Saturday, high noon. Your guy Harbaugh goes to Columbus to, to again, both teams undefeated, probably two and three in the country, probably the biggest game in 10 or 12 years up there in that rivalry. Talk about just what what Coach Harbaugh's thinking and what he what his message is going to be going into this game this weekend. Well, you know, uh, Jim is one of the – he can really talk well. He can motivate very well. I, I love uh, working for him you know, at the 49ers those years. Yep. And he does a, to me, a great job, not a good job, a great job at inspiring players to play their best. Now, you're not going to need to with Michigan, Ohio State. But what's really interesting to me is early in the year, Ohio State was, it was like there's nobody going to touch them. And last few games, of course, they got going with Maryland at the end. The last few games, they showed some yep. vulnerability. Yep. And I want to tell you something. This game is so big for Jim <laughs> and Michigan. But you, people don't understand. Like I talked about being about the will to win and how much it means for coaches. Uh, Jim is, I mean, it, it's, <laughs> if there was ever a level of too much, it, I'm telling you. There, I don't think there is. Maybe I don't know, but uh, this game is is big, and it's, you know, and with all the national championship, imp- with all the implications of the national championship as well, on top of the rivalry. Well, you got to wonder whoever loses that game should they get into the playoffs, right? You know, I would say they should if, if it's close. If it's close game, well, right, right. And I want to tell you now it's. Um, see, TCU, the only argument of TCU is they haven't had, I don't think, the schedule that some of these people have. Certainly not a Georgia. I, a two-loss Alabama team yeah. could go in that that playoff and win it. You know that. Um, you know, but how they're going to pick out that fourth team, well, we know what the four, you know, TCU, you know, beats Iowa State and beats probably Kansas State. In a, they're in. They're in. 
you know, they're going to have to be in there undefeated. Uh, Georgia, LSU, yeah. uh, Tennessee is out. And USC just had a big win out West. They're still yeah, in it. And they get a one loss team. And um, I don't know, boy, how about, how about Oregon? No. Oregon's lost one game, right? Or they two. lost two. Two. Georgia. And then they lost two weeks ago. They're out. Yeah. That, that's right. when they went for it on fourth down at home. That's right. we talked about that last week. They that's why that was such a critical call. Yeah, and it was a huge win, twenty seventeen. Yeah, uh, this past week, but it's going to be that Ohio State Michigan game is going to be unreal, you know. And I've I've been I've went, little trivia when I was uh, when I, I was I was a starting safety for Missouri and we played Woody Hayes Ohio State team and up in Columbus and beat them. 22-21, last play of the game. And uh, I'll never forget Woody Hayes. But so I've been in that environment, yep. and I've played at Michigan too. So that game's going to be big. Well, Coach, have a great Thanksgiving, you and the girls. Hopefully have a nice feast over there and down, down in Tampa. Appreciate the time, and we'll be back for next week for week 14. We'll review all this stuff. We'll know who's in the title games and all that good stuff. And, again, have a great Thanksgiving, Coach. All right, you too, and everybody else out there. Happy Thanksgiving. You got it. We'll be back on the on the Florida Football Insiders Podcast in just a minute. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay area. From St. Pete to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. And Print and Marketing Solutions, my guy Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located on the corner of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs, corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist. Again, print and marketing specialist, Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Florida Football Insiders Podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's. Beef O'Brady's at the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in Tampa in the Carrollwood and Forest Hills area. For all of your football, baseball, basketball, hockey, viewing pleasures, check out Beef O'Brady's every day of the week they're open. Whether you're wanting to watch games on Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night, your favorite hockey team, your favorite college basketball team, NBA team, check out Beef O'Brady's. If you're looking for any catering needs, corporate events, things like that, Beef O'Brady's can help you as well. They do all the things you need to be done in the restaurant and sports bar business. So Beef O'Brady's, corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. Enjoy the podcast. Are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall? First-time home buyer, you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation? Reach out to Titan Home Lending for all of your home lending needs. If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, 
Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports and Florida Football Insider Simulcast. We've got a special uh, thrill this week. We're going to talk to the new voice of the Florida State Seminole, the Director of Broadcasting up at Florida State, Jeff Colhane. He is the uh, new voice of the uh, Florida State Seminoles, taking over for legendary voice Gene Deckerhoff, which we all know and love, obviously down here in Tampa with me, with the Buccaneers as well. So welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Jason, it's great to talk with you. And, uh, man, what a week. This is as good as it gets. And this Florida State football team, they are rolling right now. They're playing as well as they played in quite some time. And, I echo your sentiments on uh, the great Gene Deckerhoff. He is an amazing broadcaster and even better person. He's been great to me here in Tallahassee. It's been fun to get to know him this season. Yeah, talk about first question. Yeah, talk about that. I know obviously it's always a you know it's it's always a new adventure when you take a new job and a new opportunity like you like you're doing. Jeff came to came to Tallahassee from North Dakota State, so you're used to winning with the Bison up in uh, up in uh, Fargo. So you've had plenty of winning in your uh, background, especially on the football field. Talk about that uh, from your perspective. How were you, were you nervous about knowing the legendary voice that you were coming in, taking over for with Gene retiring? Talk about how that transition uh, kind of fed into your uh, thought into taking this job. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jason, I've always been someone that, you know, a dream of mine has to be has been to be a, at a place where, you know, just to be simple about it, it matters. You know, people eat it up. They wake up in the morning. They want to know what's going on with their team. They they eat it. They drink it. Uh, they bleed it. Uh, they've, they've cried thinking about it. You know, that's always been my my dream to be at a place like that. And, you know, uh, Gene obviously ha- has been someone that for us in, in the business, you uh, gravitate towards, even if you're not someone from around the area. Uh, I listened to Gene Deckerhoff and Bar Nunn and Tom at many different stops during my career. I've been in Lincoln, Nebraska, Morgantown, West Virginia, as you mentioned, Fargo, North Dakota. You know, I was cutting my grass uh, Labor Day weekend of the Notre Dame game in Fargo, listening to Gene and, and William and Tom right. call the game. Right. And so, um, you know, Florida State's always been a place, obviously, that is one of the great brands, if not the best brand in all of, of college athletics. And, you know, for me, North Dakota State was an absolute fantastic place. It was close to family for me. Um, the people there are amazing. The administration uh, and the coaches and the student athletes were uh, unbelievable. Um, but Florida State is a whole nother animal. And so I guess to answer your question, was I nervous? No. Uh, anxious, excited? Sure. Definitely uh, a little bit of that going on. Um, I got the question, are you scared about doing this? This is what I've dreamed about for my entire life. Why in the world would I be scared right. to to achieve my dreams? And so certainly um, there is a challenge when you follow somebody as great as Gene with his longevity, because that's not really the case anymore, really anything 
that anybody does, right? And so the challenge is to slide in and you want to make everyone feel as they listen as if there there's nothing different and there's not a huge change. And that's been my goal here in this first season. Yeah, I think you've done a great job. Listen to you several times with uh, William Floyd, who I with the, who I was a teammate with yeah. a long time ago. And uh, but yeah, they. How do you? Uh, again, you have to, like you said, you have to be yourself. You have your own style of broadcasting and how you present the game and present the the story of the of the game. How 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 fun has it been for you to be involved with such winning? Uh, Fargo, you guys were unbelievable with with, with the Bison. Florida State, you've kind of joined here on the uptick here when they've got back to to their winning ways how how fun is that as a broadcaster as opposed to when you're a a three and eight team or you're struggling and all that kind of stuff oh it matters I mean it really does especially in in you know for me uh as as the new guy taking over that is a a huge component even though um I have zero to do with anything on the field but you know if some if, if people want to say hey uh, I brought a little, you know, a little magic with me. I'll, I'll take that, I guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll run with it a little bit, but no, it's tremendous. I mean, you want to be a part of games where people care and winning is what, is what leads to all of that. And the LSU game uh, early in the season, that was an amazing moment uh, early, early on with an unbelievable finish that we'll always remember and nobody will ever forget getting off to the four and zero start, uh, you know, was, was fantastic. And, you know, I, I I understand the the trepidation uh, about getting too excited from from Knowles fans because it's been tough here the last six seven years. I, I understand that, um, but I've been lucky enough to be at places where winning is, is expected, and so I guess my my background or my thought going into every game is I I expect our guys to play well and win, and I expect myself when you ask about my style I expect to call the game as if it's one of the biggest games that you're going to hear and, and to have a winning style of broadcast and so prepare the same way every week um, you know have have kind of like my my schedule I like to get to you know with a three-year-old and a five-month-old that schedule changes quite a bit and it's really never my time anymore but we we get the job done and uh, it's been a blast to work with with Bardon and Tom and our entire uh, team. They're an amazing crew, and they've kind of welcomed me back like a long-lost family member just catching up off of uh, missing all time. So speaking of that, obviously when you when you when you move to a city like Tallahassee and, and you're a you're a young guy with 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 a wife and a couple young kids, you're moving into a new community, a new everything where the voice of the voice of the of the team, there's not a pro team in town. The voice of the team is a big is a big deal. You're a guy that people are going to recognize or walk at Publix or at the grocery store or at the restaurant. How does how how is that kind of that played into into your transition into Tallahassee? Oh, it's been great. You know, people here, um, you're you're like, moving's never fun. No one ever wants to move, uh, ever, even across town. It, it's not a whole lot of fun, let alone across the country, especially with a young with young kids and a newborn, right? And so my wife has been unbelievably uh, amazing uh, for our family, and she's been a rock star. But uh, people, uh, the fans, uh, you know, friends, they've been unbelievable, Jason. I mean, I talked about how great the people in Fargo were. The people in Tallahassee have been uh, amazing, so welcoming. When they didn't have to be, I mean, they, not everywhere would be like that. They they would. Um, you know, I think probably make you earn your stripes 
sure. uh, to a certain degree. And there's still plenty of people that you have to you earn the trust. Uh, and, and that's what, in a lot of ways, that's what drives you to continue to be ready and and, and be good uh, when, when the, the lights come on and the mic turns on, right? But I, I was I was blown away. I was blown away by the acceptance. I was blown away by um, everybody being as kind as they were and essentially welcoming in, me into the family uh, even before our first game. So um, I can't ask for anything more from the people here. It's been so great to get to know everybody and uh, say hi to people out in public. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I look forward to it for many, many years to come. It's got to be pretty nice this time of year when it's about 75 degrees as opposed well, to about 20 below. Yeah, Jason, I, I figure we get to the weather at some <laughs> point. I married up in life, brother, and married up in weather as well. And so, yeah, I love Fargo. I didn't love Fargo this time of year. So I'm I'm loving life right now, baby. Loving it. <laughs> All right, let's get to let's get down the football field a little bit. Seminoles have had a real really good uh really good year. Eight and three going into the game in, into the game Saturday against the Gators, your first Florida, Florida State game. Talk to me about your relationship getting to know Coach Norvell and the staff, uh, and that and how that's gone and just some of the insights that you you can, you know. Obviously, this was a big year for Coach Norvell. He needed to show some significant progress, and he has. So give him full credit for that. Talk about how that how that's kind of gone, how you've seen the team go from the LSU game to kind of fighting through the three-game losing streak and now back on an uptick. Well, to start, Mike Norvell's been amazing to me, and um, I can't thank him enough for uh, allowing me to be around the program as much as he has. And not only Coach Norvell, the entire staff, you know, I had a previous uh, relationship or, or had a relationship at a previous stop with John Papuchas at Nebraska. And so JP and I have known each other for for a while, played some golf back in the day. And it's been great to connect with him and know a familiar face around here. Uh, Alex Atkins, Adam Fuller, uh, those two have been unbelievable, as well as everybody on, on the staff, uh, support staff as well, have just been fan- You got fantastic people. Uh, you have people that are are building that family type of environment, Jason, that you were a part of under Bobby Bowden and Mickey Andrews and Jim Gladden and, yep. and all the great coaches that you guys were around. And, you know, I guess my insight into what is happening here is the one thing that I have learned in college athletics, and I haven't been around pro sports really a ton at all, but behind the scenes in college sports is the great teams are player led. And, the coaches set send the tone, uh, send the message, set the tone, and they have the plan, and they're going to make the adjustments in-game and put you in position to succeed. But the players have to believe, and they have to support each other, and they have to, in a lot of ways, they got to love each other in the locker room yeah. because it's really hard to win. And, and you know this. I mean, with your experience, you're going to face uh, tons of adversity during the year, both on and off the field. And only the teams that stick together and believe and buy in are going to succeed. Now, you have to have talented pieces. You yeah. have to have great players. You have to have – you have to recruit. This coaching staff is doing that. You know, you're seeing the recruiting classes improve. You've seen what they've done addressing questions at offensive line and wide receiver in the transfer portal. Right. They replaced Jermaine Johnson, Kiara Thomas up front. Jared Verse has been unbelievable uh, on and on and on and on. And so – I think the LSU win early in the year really gave this team a shot in the arm. Uh, go back to the Louisville game. Speaking of belief, people forget about that game. 
Right. That was an amazing game of culture where Jordan Travis goes out, enter Tate Rodemaker into the game, helps them win. Jared Verse got hurt in that game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been moments throughout this season where, you know, culture has been tested midway through October. And obviously culture has succeeded here winning the last four games the way they've had coming out of, of the bye week. Yeah, there's no doubt. I think I think Coach Norvell, I think there was there was the questions came up again during the losing streak. Oh, is is coach the right guy for the job? But I think he's really answered. I think you again, I think you've seen the togetherness of the team. You haven't heard any people you weren't you didn't hear any people speculating well that so and so may be transferring at the end of the year or leaving and this kind of stuff. I think I think coach has really done a good job. Stay into the message, keeping the message, because I think he's got he's got a proven track record of winning at Memphis. And again, I think it's finally it's it. He, we, people, again, people forget he 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 came to Florida State during COVID. That year is just almost a throwaway year because of yeah. all the the trouble that everybody had around the country, not just Florida State. Everybody, right. all the challenges everybody had. So so he's really do. I really like what he's doing. Yeah, Jason. I would also tell you on, on the transfer side, I, we need to get to a point where our first reaction when somebody decides to leave is what's wrong. Right. And we're just not in that era anymore. I mean, right. this is this is an era, for a lack of a better term, a free agency in college athletics. Yeah. Um, people, uh, Kids are going to come and go. Um, you're going to have guys leave. And I think what, what Coach Norvell and the staff have done is they have, you know, held everybody to the same standard. They've They said this is what you're accountable to, and we're going to treat everybody the same way. Um, and that's not for everyone. And so um, you're going to see guys move on every December. I'm sure after this week, we'll see probably some names that pop up. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that'll happen. But also, if you embrace that the, the era we're in, and this staff definitely has, you can also help your program and help young men achieve their dreams and goals. Look at Jermaine Johnson. Look at what Jared Verse has done. And now you have a story to tell recruiting as well um with with what you're doing and there's some great things happening here at florida state right now how excited are you for the game saturday your first kind of rivalry yeah. game here with the gators yeah i know you yeah. guys played them on the you played them on the hardwood last week and oh. and, and yeah. uh didn't didn't turn out well but as far as on the football field which i would say more people are interested in that not that they aren't interested on the basketball sure. but this is the this is the the big one here so talk to me about your uh excitement for the game on saturday or Friday night, I'm sorry. Yeah. Saturday, well, Friday it was it was great for a half in hoops. It really was. Yeah. And then it wasn't. <laughs> but I, I like, look, I tell you what, our basketball team, I know um, it, it, off to a little bit of a tough start. Getting the win Monday night, I think it gets the monkey off their back. And they're going to get Baba Miller back at some point in time here. Our basketball team is, is going to win some games. So He knows what he's doing. Leonard knows what he's yeah. doing, trust me. Yeah, exactly. So they're, they're going to find a way to get this thing uh, on the right track. I can't wait. I, I can't wait. I mean, you know, the Miami week was amazing. Um, you, you get a lot of those same vibes, I, I guess. This is a little unique as well because it's the end of the year. It's the final game of the regular season. Yep. Um, Obviously, there's massive bragging rights on the line in recruiting. Um, this is a game this time around where you can improve your, your stock for a bowl game uh, as well yeah. and get potentially to, you know, to a location where a, a lot of Florida State fans can get to uh, yeah. a little bit easier. Not that I would not mind going back out to San Diego. That's an amazing area for a few days. But, you know, I, I think if you win this game, 
uh, Jacksonville's in play. Orlando potentially is in play right. uh, for a bowl game. And I think Noles fans would flock, and I think they would love to be a part uh, of something like that. But you know, I can't wait to see uh, Osceola dismount uh, off of Renegade and uh, and hoist the spear in the air and show it to both sides and throw that thing. And, you know, uh, of course, with the the historical nature of that moment, then then we're then we're on. Then it's the real fight, right? And so right. Um, you you've lived it. What's it yeah. like? How do you how do you describe it from your perspective it, on the it, field? Yeah, it's it's a different week. Like obviously, all the so many of the guys know each other from high school and growing up in the same towns and little leagues and all that stuff. So that part, that element of it's great. Um, it's a different rivalry than it what is with Miami. Miami's a little nastier. Where Florida, Florida State's it's 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 competitive for sure, but it's not maybe as nasty as the Miami one, I would say. But uh, and again, the interesting thing, it's a Friday night this year. I don't know if I don't I can't remember a game, a Florida, Florida State game ever being on a Friday. If it has, it's been a long, long time. I have to go back and take a look at that. That's a good question. Yeah, um, Friday night. No, I'm so. with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Two more questions for you personally. Kind of broadcasting wise, is this always what you wanted to do growing up? And if so, who are some of the the voices that, you know, that, that kind of inspired you or the, or the guys that inspired you to want to be in this business? You know, I just always, uh, I love it. Sports is a big part of my life. I love playing sports, you know, uh, growing up, wanted to, wanted to be a, a pro sports star, probably like all of us did, you know, play in the, the NBA, the NFL or major league baseball and quickly figured out at six feet one and not running a four, four forty uh, back in the, the late nineties, early two thousands, that, that, that wasn't going to happen. But, you know, my family was always around broadcasting, Jason. Uh, my dad was in broadcasting, public address announcing um, in our in our hometown. I had an uncle who was in TV and radio. The radio was always on at our house in the morning, at night, always listening to games, high school, college. So just, just for whatever reason, it was always a part of, of who I was uh, growing up. And loved watching sports. But when I watched games, I listened. You know, I listened to the announcers and how they said things, uh, why they said things, when they said things, right? And so I kind of got ingrained into my DNA a little bit. Um, and I would say, you know, I got my first job in radio when I was 14 years old, uh, part-time weekend, the uh, DJ spinning oldies hits at a small station in my hometown. And so um, in college, it, it became more real. You know, you had to decide what you want to do. Um, I was I was doing more of the, the you know, the play by play, the the analyst work in, in, in college and um, decided probably about my junior year that this is what I want to do. I'm going to go all in on this and I'm going to I'm going to make it happen. And always knew that, that you know, the, the dream was this. And so uh, I've I've been. Lucky. I've worked hard. I've sacrificed, certainly. Plenty of family and friends have sacrificed for me along the way as well. Uh, and so it's a dream come true, you know, to be where we're at here in Tallahassee at Florida State University right now. You know, influences, um, had a lot of, lot of local influences uh, growing up. You know, mentioned my family, my my dad, my uncle. Yeah. Um, some some names in, uh, in my hometown that people, you know, would not know around here. It's, as far as national names go, you know, Sean McDonough has been a yeah. friend and a mentor to me over the last decade plus, um, uh, just with his, you know, kind words every once in a while and the direction 
you know, uh, he, he would go on certain items. I can yep. bounce questions off of him. A guy that I don't know that I would love to meet that I know is a great guy uh, and is an unbelievable play-by-play uh, -play announcer is Kevin Harlan. I mean, Kevin Harlan, to right. me, you know, you talk about having that it factor. Yes. And, you know, if some guys are born with it and some guys you just, you know, there's nothing you can do. Kevin Harlan has a, a voice that is, is you, you can't duplicate it, yeah. right? And so I've always been a fan and really paid attention to how he goes about uh, his business, uh, the, the way he sounds, what he does with TV and radio. And so he's been someone that I've uh, that I've paid attention to and, and certainly looked up to over the years. One more question. So it's one of the challenges of being the of the of being the guy at, at a local university or your team, as opposed to when you're doing different events all around the country is a little bit of homerism. Oh, yeah. Every play-by-play -play guy's got to have a little bit of it in you. How how do you balance that 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 homerism that that's part of the job? Yeah. When you're in a, when you're in a Florida State or Florida or where, or North Dakota State, so right. how do you balance that as is in your role as opposed to when you do something more on a national perspective? Yeah, you know, for me, it's easy. Um, <laughs> we want we want Florida State to win. You know, that's it. I mean, it's easy. We want Florida. When you listen to the Florida State broadcast, you, you want Florida. Now, that being said, um, you tell the story of what's going on. Right. If it's not a good night, it's you tell the story. Hasn't been a good night. Not playing well. Why is that? Well, tip your cap to the opponent. They played great. They've had a great plan. You know, the whole nine yards, right? And so, uh, especially in these games this weekend, you're probably yeah. going to have a little more juice. A little right. more energy, but that's not, you know, that's not going to take away from the action on the field. Uh, I will, um, I'm going to celebrate all the successes on both sides. If a great play happens, we're going to tell you about it and why it happened. But uh, you better believe uh, when the clock hits zero, uh, we want that war chant echoing throughout Bobby Bowden Field at Doe Campbell Stadium Friday night. Well, Jeff, been a real pleasure. Yeah, but Jeff, been a real pleasure. Keep up the great work, you and you and William Floyd. Tell the tell the audience that they're listening where they can find you guys online for, for the broadcast if they're not in the Tallahassee area, part of the Seminole Network. Yeah, easiest way, Jason. Thanks for doing that. Easiest way, download the FSU Game Day app, free to download, and you can listen to all of our broadcasts there. It's a great app for Florida State fans if you don't have it already. It's got updates when events start. It's got live stats. It's got social media. I think it's even got merchandise you can buy on that app as well. But you can find all of our, our radio broadcasts on a digital platform. Download the FSU Game Day app to listen to all broadcasts of the Seminole Sports Network. Well, let's get us in the winner's circle this weekend, please. Let's go. I'm, I'm with you. Let's do it. Let's finish <laughs> this thing out on a positive note. Let's grab that big old gator head and take it back to the locker room with us. Let's do it. This is one of the first years I won't be able to watch the game. I referee high school football down here in Tampa, and I have a playoff game Friday night. So it'll be the first time in a, quite a while that I won't get to actually watch the game, which is – but I'll have a DVR, and I'll definitely well, have the app yeah, up. Do <laughs> this. Grab your AirPods. Okay. Stick them, you know, in your ear on one ear <laughs> with your cap. Pull your cap over it. Put That's the right. FSU game day app on while you're doing the game. That's right. There That's you go. Right. Well, Jeff, appreciate the time, man. Great, great – Getting to, getting to uh, talk to you. Keep up the great work, and welcome to Tallahassee one more time. And uh, continue the, the great work with uh, you and the you and the fellas. Yeah. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Love to come back on, and uh, let's have some fun Friday night. Go Knowles. You got it.
Jeff Colhane, Director of Broadcasting, Florida State, new play-by-play guy. Take care. Have a great weekend, Jeff. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to the Florida Football Insiders Podcast as part of the College Gridiron Coast-to-Coast Podcast Network. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you've not already done so. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at Sports. Love to hear your comments and feedback about our episodes and any program suggestions moving forward. Check out our video interviews as well on my YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel. And we'll see you next week on the Florida Football Insiders Podcast.